This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is the Choose Your Own Horror Podcast Review Adventure Season 1, Episode Number 2. I'm your host Duncan McLeish, welcome to the show. So here we are, Episode Number 2 already and you guys served me up a little movie called Suicide Club, directed by Sion Sono, the rather infamous quirky art house director from Japan. The movie was released in 2000, 2001-ish, and um, yeah, it came off the back of our review of Bug. So let's just recap. Um, We kicked this off, I gave you some options. The first selection you had was Bug by William Friedkin. We watched that one, loved it, gave it a 4.5 out of five. I then gave you four movie options to take us forward. I said you could choose Pie if you wanted, directed by Darren Aronofsky. I said Suicide Club, directed by Sion Sono. Fermat's Room, uh, directed by Luis Pedretta and Rodrigo Sopena from 2007, or Take Shelter, directed by Jeff Nichols from 2011. Each of them was tangentially linked back to Bug, and you guys chose Suicide Club. Now, the rule of thumb on these is that I will have never seen the movie all the way through. So I might have seen a bit, but not all, or I might not have seen the movie at all. And at the end of this episode, I will put out a further four suggestions. We're going to run this train as like the Choose Your Own Adventures back in the day. You guys will continually pick things. Occasionally, there will be an additional challenge on top of the movie selection. So that might be from these four movies that I put forward, you need to pick one that will score higher than a four. Now, it might be that we eventually get to a stage, because I've not seen the movies, that we run out of options. If we run out of options, then we'll reset, we'll go right back to the very beginning and we'll kick off a season two and continue forward. It's going to happen eventually, but at the moment we're fresh-faced, we're eager and we've got a lot to discuss here with Suicide Club being your second suggestion. So, where are we? We're kicking off a brand new week of podcasts under the stairs, Action Jackson. We are kicking it off, obviously, with this episode. On Thursday, you're going to get a little bonus episode that's going to drop to tickle your fancy. And then on Sunday, we have a slasher classics episode coming your way as well. One of those 88 films numbers, disc number four on them. So three planned I'm not going to lie, there may be a sneaky fourth one that appears somewhere this week, but at the moment, let's say three. Three feels good. Three feels like a number that I can feel comfortable with. So we're going to say three. Potentially four, but most likely three. (sighs) Doesn't that feel good after a week of five episodes? Three feels damn fine. The following Monday, a week today, we are returning with a little bit 
of Andy Loves Art House looking at Gaspar Noe's Climax. So we'll be dropping that week on Monday. Other things that you can expect in March before the month is out. Well, a special March episode, one of those alliteration ones. You know the ones I'm on about with John Carpenter January. Uh, we had Fabio Frizzi um, February. I don't know why I struggled there because I knew Fizzy February was what I was aiming for. And uh, yeah, we are swinging into a March one. I wonder what it could be. I wonder what it could be. I will have guest hosts on that episode though, so it will be fun anyway. But you can also expect uh, the return of In Reverence and a movie commentary all coming in March. Tons of shit coming your way. And I'll just let you know, Podcast Under the Stairs is already planning a jam-packed, fucking stacked April with a very special little Easter episode. Not one that you guys are going to be expecting, because it's not really an Easter-based episode, but I'm going to drop it on Easter, and it's going to be a most interesting journey indeed. Right, let's take our first break of this episode. Ladies and gents, you are going to hear promos for shows that I love. You're going to hear the trailer for Suicide Club from 2001. And when I return, I'm discussing that movie. I'm doing it right after this. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Maddie. Do you like horror movies? I sure do. Well, did you know that most horror movies are inspired by real-life horror? Really? Like what? Well, take The Shining, for instance. That's based on Stephen King's real-life addictions, or The Purge, which could be our country any minute now. Oh, and The Strangers, which is based on a real-life murder. People should be talking about these things. Hey, Guys. Oh, oh, hey, Producer, producer Michael. Michael oh, hi. Well, I hate to break it to you, but somebody already is. It's you. <gasps> That's right. We are Friday the 13th, the podcast where we talk about horror in real life and horror in media, all from an LGBTQ perspective. Because we gay, y'all. We are proud members of the Legion Podcast Network, and we can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Come along with us on this crazy journey, and as always, get slayed.
and welcome back ladies and gents you've just heard the trailer for Suicide Club from 2001 directed by and written by Sion Sono right you guys suggested this movie well I say suggested that you selected this movie the movie stars a whole hell of a lot of Japanese actors and actresses whose names I'm about to butcher I get the feeling that maybe this is why this was selected that's right, I'm on to you listeners, I'm on to you, let's meet Duncan, fuck up lots of different names. <laughs> so it stars Ryu Ishibashi, eh, Matoshi Nagasi, Mia Hosho, Tomiomo Sato, Takashi Nomura, Roli, Joshua, Masata, Masato Tezuchoka, oh my god, eh, could Oh, well, let's just skip the rest of them. Yay! A synopsis for this one is a detective is trying to find the cause of a string of suicides. So, a little bit of background on this uh, this little director guy, this Sion Sono guy of which we are speaking, um, is a guy that I have been inconsistently following for, for quite some time. Um, I came across him... Years ago, in a little movie called Coldfish, um, which was probably the first time I caught a, a Sion Sono movie. I think Coldfish is nothing short of fucking genius. I think it's an amazing little movie. Um, came out in 2009, maybe 2010. Uh, but excellent movie. If you get a chance, please, please, please go and check it out. Um, but, uh, you know, I've, I've kind of worked around his um, his movies since then. Uh, recently picked up, when I say recently, last year I picked up The Whispering Star, which I really enjoyed, Anti-Porno as well, which I also checked out um, and, you know, thoroughly enjoyed. He also did a movie called um, XD, which uh, means hair extensions, I think, uh, or the movie's called Hair Extensions, XD. Uh, which is wonderfully bizarre, so you know, worth checking it out as well. Um, and Love Exposure is another movie that, that he's done that I've seen. So I've seen a few. By his standards, I've seen very few. I've probably seen the more Western commercially successful movies as commercially successful as Sion Sona will ever get. The guy's output is fairly ridiculous, and like a lot of guys think along the lines of Takashi Miki and stuff his output is about three movies a year every year um, and that has continued with no sign of slowing down he recently sadly uh, suffered a heart attack um, and that's you know that kind of shocked the the, the kind of the cinephile world the fans of Sion Sono his, his next project has been announced though um, stars Nicolas Cage which to me just sounds absolutely fucking crazy. If you check what's listed on IMDb, the movie's called uh, Prisoners of the Ghostland, and uh, the synopsis is a notorious criminal must break an evil curse in order to rescue an abducted girl who's mysteriously disappeared. So uh, Sono's directing it, it's based on not his own work, uh, but does star Imogen Putz and Nicolas Cage, which is an, a wonderfully bizarre little bit of casting. Um, and you know the opportunity to see uh, Sion Sono direct uh, Nicolas Cage might be something that I would pay serious money for, if I'm honest. So uh, let's get let's get to it though. You guys suggested this one. So what is interesting about this one is that 
I knew of it, but knew very little of it, if that makes sense. I know the name, I've heard the name for years. I didn't actually know too much detail about it, except that the name insinuated that there was a club of people committing suicide, uh, which is not too far off what the, the movie actually delivers. It just delivers it in a, in a much larger and higher quantity. Um, the movie itself, though, is kind of awesome in a lot of respects and then equally frustrating in a lot of other ex uh, you know, extents, which, to be honest, is the the hallmark of a good Sion Sono movie. I don't think any Sono movie doesn't have its moments which are just maybe one step artistically too far. And I mean, that's what you want from your kind of more daring more art house directors as you want them to push the boundaries. I think at times the levels of what works tonally level right into the absurd with Sono and I, I think he would probably admit that himself. I mean Japanese cinema in general or that 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 world of between Korean cinema, Japanese cinema and to an extent Chinese cinema all have moments where the cultural humour extends into areas which don't necessarily translate all that well to the West. Now there are a lot of people that get on board with that. If you listen to any reviews um, on Asian cinema from our good buddy Bo Ransdell over on Hero Hero Go Show, you'll see that he is quite happy to make a lot of those steps. I, on the other hand, find myself being a bit more critical of them. Um, now you could argue that I'm being a bit more critical of them because I'm approaching them from a Western point of view. But to be honest, that's what artistic interpretation is supposed to be. You should always approach it less from fully trying to understand how it would play elsewhere and take it for how it plays where, it, where you are and judge it on those merits. Um, and Suicide Club has a few things that that I couldn't quite make that jump with. It'll be reflected at the score at the end. Um, what I will say about this movie is it's so cleverly ahead of its time. It evokes something along the lines of how ahead of its time Videodrome was uh, and predicting a lot of where the culture would go with technology. I think Suicide Club is doing a lot of the same thing. Um, what we get is a very, very, very strong... Um, critique of social culture and where it might head beyond, specifically when it comes to how disconnected people are. Now, even look at the trailer, the trailer gives you these key words which are the ethos behind the film, but, you know, this idea that people are working far too long and are disconnected from their family, people are too reliant on technology and thus disconnected from the, the, the things that would make make us um, collectively work together, whether that's uh, using mobile technologies or, you know, the, the small things that we would do uh, as a family. These things are, are, are greatly disconnected. So it's taken like a swipe at a lot of these things as well. The fact that, that I think there's no, um, you know, hidden meaning in the fact that some of these mass suicides are happening in places that you that are very crowded, thus you would think the the opportunity to be isolated would be less, but are actually greater. Um, so, so I think it is very cleverly kind of covering that. 
Also, I mean, the fact that, it, you know, the message themselves, a lot of the deaths are happening to kids themselves. They're being very susceptible. Also, at the same time, the the fact that you have the, the messengers, the harbingers of doom, so to speak, are portrayed through this very sickly, very cheesy pop um, played by a group called uh, Desert, uh, which is Desert plus Art, if you think about it, um, who are, you know, this sweeter than sweet, happy, cheery Asian pop group that are singing these memorable hooks that go to you, but this, this book, you know, once again belies a more sinister intent where it's juxtaposed with this very over-the-top Ziggy Stardust sort of glam outfit who are trying to take credit for the killings. They're very violent. Think something like A Clockwork Orange and you're along those lines. This mischievous, uh, horrendous rabble of of uh, people that are, are torturing and, um, and killing people themselves who are trying to take credit for the deaths and they are so like obviously not behind it. It's a juxtaposition of what you think um, is the obvious scapegoat for violence. I mean, there's, I think on some level, because it's artistic art house horror, you can play a lot into it. I think at times there have been many, if you look at something like Marlon Manson, Judas Priest, Metallica, blamed for these kind of mass suicides or, or mass, mass shootings. Um, being the obvious scapegoats because of how they look in the music they sing and when you dig deeper into the root of things it's maybe just because parents aren't paying enough attention or maybe they're miserable or maybe the popular kids at school are picking on them so I love this idea of that kind of playing into the movie as well as we think that the malevolent enemy of youth and innocence and tranquility are the things that cause you to think the the noise bringers and most of the time it's not it's the it's the things that are society's norms and that is in here as well it's a very very well kind of sparsed movie when it comes to its tones its topics and how it relates them back which is a very difficult thing to do in messages which are not purely just aimed at japan they you know they do they do swing out quite far as well. I mean, it's also cleverly packaged up in the fact that Japan has, I think, is one of the highest suicide rates in the world. Um, and that comes off the back of their honour class. Uh, as a society, you know, um, the idea of, of harikari is ingrained in their society and has been for centuries. That it, it just becomes part of the cultural norms that, you know... Uh, it's an accepted way out, so to speak, where in the West it's maybe less uh, accepted, in Japan it certainly is, and they, they do still, even to this day, have a very high suicide rate, so linking that into the story I think is something that grounds it very much for their audiences, but it's a, a wonderfully macabre little social commentary that people from the outside can look back in and see. The fact that a lot of the deaths in the movie as well are happening from, like I said before, teenagers and kids, I think are quite interesting as well because their perspective on the world is very different from ours. Uh, the way their brains are moulded and formed, specifically through messaging, subliminal messaging, or even marketing, um, is an interesting thing to deconstruct in, in movie terms. 
so I really enjoyed that as well. I mean, the movie starts off with one of the ballsy saying, everyone talks about the beginning of the ghost ship, so brilliant, because at the beginning of the ghost ship is, you think it's a great kill, it really fucking isn't, it's aged horribly, doesn't look all that great, yes, a lot of people die, but that's about it. The beginning of this movie is a huge swinging set of balls, uh, where you have, what, 200 teenagers jump in front of a moving train, um, the blood, the, the orgy of blood, the tsunami of viscera that is spread everywhere is kind of something fucking awesome to behold on the screen. Um, where I start to pick flaws at this movie, because let's be honest, for the last 10 minutes I have been filleting it pretty hard, um, where I kind of find issue with the movie is the inconsistency in the acting, and this kind of pops up, not all the time, but from time to time in Asian cinema, where I'm fairly sure these character types do exist in that culture, but they come across less as, less as professional acting and more as you know, poor casting. That's taken from my Western perspective, so I'm fully aware of that uh, in my critique and the way I'm handling it back. Probably not the best person to claim that, but I would argue that you can point to many Western movies and do the same thing, where one or two cast members just feel like they've maybe come from an amateur dramatic background and are either overacting the point or underacting the point, which unfortunately doesn't continue the narrative as strongly as the rest of the movie and as a result these sections kind of slow it down. It's kind of like a lacklustre commitment to the overall uh, story or the overall movie and they kept taking me out of it. Um, tone wise I think the movie actually for the most part, a uh, couple of negative exceptions but for the most part balances out really weird quirky almost kind of cowy sort of um, macabre tone alongside like a serious detective investigating and that's the bit of the story that I'm really in with. I'll like, give me any movie where a detective is, you know, a kind of gnarled, grizzled detective is trying to get to the bottom of something he cannot possibly understand and that's where, you know, that's my in in movies and this movie does it really fucking good. Um, in fact, so much so that it got me very, very hungry uh, to include a kind of detective tackling mystery sort of movie and one of the four suggestions that will be mentioning shortly is we can move into episode number three but you know like I, I really got in those ones but then there was whole sections where like when they're talking about the disconnect to the family or scene setting schools where it kind of felt like the story then went a bit lackluster and a bit kind of not art for the sake of art because I actually think the artistic segments of this movie, the bits that you would class as quote-unquote art house, uh, later on in the movie are done fucking incredible, and the end of the movie's great. You know, this movie finishes super, super strong. But you get these segments which kind of just slow the pace of the movie down. I mean, we're only talking about an hour and a half here, and you have me right in from that opening suicide that I want to continue things on with. There's a whole kind of explanation set up using the internet and a tally system which has never really fully worked out. It's a cool addition but the website's never really parsed it in a way which makes sense overall to the plot and also the way the message is being conveyed by the music and by the group themselves is never really truly kind of expressed either. I, I know it's there for thought uh, provocation which is great um, but I don't think it's necessarily done as well as it could be once again, that might just be something which is better interpreted um, in its native homeland. 
uh, with with Japanese audiences or Asian audiences, and maybe does lose something slightly in the translation to the West. But what what you have overall in this movie is a really interesting take, which I think nowadays is even more pertinent. You could argue that through. I mean, this movie's made pre-MySpace, pre-Facebook, pre-Beeble, pre-you know LinkedIn, pre-all these social Twitter, pre-all these different social network things that are supposed to bring us together and closer. And the way that nowadays all we've done is become more insular as people. We only reach out to people with similar beliefs. Um, and to be honest, we only do that nowadays to get kind of self-validation. We very rarely have a, a pool of friends which is indicative to how life or society or, 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 or groups of people should be. Uh, groups of people are at their best when they have many different voices speaking many different points of view. Uh, if you're in this echo chamber of only saying the same things over and over again to each other and validating everything else, then I think you know, you're know you doing yourself a disservice. And I think this movie kind of wonderfully highlights that some, you know, what, five, six years before there was really any good social networking platform. And, you know, at the same time, 18 years before where we are now, where you not only can have this idea of music taunting you to take your life, but there are people now that actually believe that Snapchat is passing curses like the grudge or like the ring um, or you do have real life situations where there was a case recently where um, a girl talked her boyfriend basically into killing himself repeatedly talking about him to kill himself and he ultimately did it and that happens this online taunting of, of bullying for people to do that and so this movie is tackling things which are weirdly prescient now that at the time seemed very kind of bizarre and forward thinking, which is that Videodrome thing, again, that I liken it to. So I love that aspect of it. I mean, it, it looks like not a lot of money was spent in it, but they did a lot with it. Um, it has Lynchian tones for sure in there, which I really got behind. And every time I started to really think this movie is a piece of art, a piece of genius, you would get a kind of dodgy performance by a character, or the pacing would go a bit slow. And then I'd be like, well, we'll see what we get at the end with wrapping things up. And things that they push in this movie has been slightly more important. Um, I never really, well, never really fulfilled in a way that I felt satisfied with. And as a result of that, I kind of have to mark it down. Um, overall though, I think it's a wonderful movie. I actually think realistically this is a movie on a second or third watch I will grow to love. Um, but as it stands just now, I have to be honest with my review. Uh, when it comes to reviewing um, and giving a grade to Suicide Club, I come in at a 3.5. Now you might be thinking, Duncan, you've just been stroking the shaft hard and cupping the balls. Sir, why is this not a 4? And like I say, I get a feeling that it probably will eventually edge up to a four, but as it stands just now, there was a lot done here, and I can see there's all the hallmarks of classic Sion Sono, which within two or three years from this moment have been refined to like needlepoint precision. I think when you watch a movie like Coldfish, I think that's where you, you literally sit and watch a master at work and say, this is a guy that's firing on all cylinders. And here he hasn't quite got that yet. He's still experimenting with some things which work really, really, really well uh, that are actually, they blindside you by how well they work. And at other times he's working with some things that I think could be done better, that need a bit more tightening, a bit more focus. Um, 
I mean, at times he's obviously indulging himself and that is great, but there are moments to do that and moments where it really pays off and there are moments where it just feels like self-flatulation and definitely in this movie there's there's a couple of bits which veer off into that territory, which like I say, mark it down to a 3.5. So that's where we sit. I'm just going to say it was a fucking great pick. I really, really enjoyed it. I'm glad I can tick this one off the list. The only frustrating thing from my angle is how ridiculously out of print this movie is uh, in the UK. And I'm kind of hoping that a label like a third window distribution or something eventually gets the rights to this and puts it out. They put a lot of sort of stuff and put a lot of care and detail into it. So I'm really hoping to get this one in a Blu-ray format that I can hold on to and put it as part of the, the greater Sono collection. I've got a feeling we'll be coming back this way. He's got a lot of movies I haven't seen and where I can link them back and they'll certainly go in the poll. But that is where we lie with this, ladies and gents. So I know what you're thinking, Duncan, what are my four? What are my four that I get to choose from for the next batch for episode number three of the Choose Your Own Horror Podcast Review Adventure? Well, let me tell you. The four suggestions are quite simple and let me explain how they are tangentially connected. The first one is very obvious. Uh, this is from 1998. It's Der Totschking, uh, which means The Death King by Jörg Buttgerit. Uh, this guy is a guy that did Necromantic, so I bought the rather delightful, tasty little special edition box set from Arrow and it's still in its shrink wrap. So it deals with seven different tales of suicide, so it kind of feels like it would be nicely tangentially linked to a little movie called Suicide Club. So that's your first suggestion, is uh, The Death King, aka Der Touch King. Um, the second suggestion, uh, this is my, oh I really want to do a detective out of his depth sort of movie, is Cure. So this is a little bit Asian cinema for all y'all out there from 1997, directed by Kiroshi Kurosawa. Uh, Cure is a movie that once again I've had on Blu-ray for what feels like about a year and yet to watch. Eureka put it out in the UK and I love a little bit of Kiroshi Kurosawa. I think he's fucking awesome. And um, this is widely regarded as best movie and I've just never seen it. I've always put it off uh, and since I bought it I've put it off, put it off, put it off and uh, this could give me the opportunity to watch it. So your second suggestion would be Cure. The third one staying in Asian cinema is Uzmaki which is uh, Japanese for Spiral uh, from 2000 directed by, and I'll butcher this guy's name, Hejuchkinski. Um This one is a art house horror movie um, and one that I've heard is very very weird I tried several times to sit and watch it and I've never really had peace this is one that I've watched maybe about the first 10-15 minutes of and been distracted every single time I've sat to watch it so this would be allowing me to watch all of the movie so that one is Spiral aka Uzumaki uh, and then the last one let's go conventional and western let's go with Stay Alive by William Brent Bell the director of Where and the Boy uh, this one is a slasher movie which begins in a computer game so uh, once again feels like it might be tangentially linked to uh, the idea of a website uh, controlling or counting the deaths of individuals so that's your four we are going weird and wonderful with this one we have the death king aka der Tuchkin, which deals with suicide we have cure from 1997 by kiroshi kurosawa this one is the kind of narrow detective investigating once again linking back uh, we have uzmaki aka spiral 
uh, this one is Japanese cinema. Uh, it's Japanese art house cinema, that's why it's in the list. And then the last one is right down the middle, Western State Alive, a slasher movie about a computer game uh, and its effects in the real world by William Brent Bell. So, Der Totschkin, The Cure, Uzmaki and Stay Alive. That is your four suggestions. They will be on the Facebook group page tonight, the day that this episode drops. You will have one week to select your movie and then we'll return towards the end of the month and cover your selection. So do not delay and vote today on this one. Whatever is the next selection will take us through. This is the last just plain pick one. Uh, on the fourth selection, so the episode after the next, it will contain a little caveat. Your first challenge to go with this one. Now it could be the movie has to be a movie that I would rate higher than a whatever the score is. Or it might be a, I bring in a special guest host to join me. You select the guest host. Um, this sort of idea, but we're going to start building out some challenges every other couple of reviews to, to, to make things interesting in our journey. Right, let's take our final break. When I come back, I'm closing out the show and I'm doing it right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. And you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. This has been the Choose Your Own Horror podcast review series. Season 1, episode number 2. Looking at Suicide Club, your selection, ladies and gents. And like I said, just before the break there, I'll be posting tonight on the Facebook group page the next four that you can suggest from. Will it be Der Todgkin, the Death King, directed by the director of the infamous Necromantic? Will it be Cure, the detective, like, masterclass from what I've been told by Kiroshi Kurosawa? Will it be Uzmaki, the art house weird Japanese movie, which also means spiral? Or will it be the conventional American later day slasher movie, Stay Alive, where it all begins in a computer game but ends up in the real world, directed by William Brent Bell? The power, as you see, is in your hands, ladies and gents. Choose wisely. Oh, there's a multitude of ways to check out podcasts under the stairs. As always, I say come across and check us out on Apple Podcasts. You can do that by subscribing to our feed. You can also leave us a rating and a review. It's the best way to support us on that platform. You can also check us out at Stitcher Smart Radio, SoundCloud, Google Play and the TuneIn app as well as the newly formed Spotify for podcasts under the stairs. We've been there about a month and things are feeling sexy. You can visit our website. It's tputzcast.com you can throw us some money by buying some cool merch and support the show with your pennies. You can buy posters and enamel pins by visiting tputzcast.bigcartel.com We are on Facebook. If you want to interact with other listeners and become part of the Teaputz horror community, then what you want to do is go to tputzcast at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tputzcast. If you're not interested in all that shit and all you want is to know when the shows are dropping, occasionally check out a live stream or a Thursday Thursday, then you want to go to the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash tputzcast. You can interact with myself and the Baz on the twin prongs of social media sexiness, Instagram and Twitter, both can be followed at tputzcast. 
The podcast Under the Stairs will return on Thursday with a special bonus episode. More details will follow on that bonus episode. Remember, do not delay. Get involved today and vote tonight on what movie you would like to see in part three of season one of Choose Your Own Horror Podcast Review Series. And also, get fucking late Mungo watched and send your review in for Movie Club. Challenge Teapots, March 20. 19. But until I speak to you next on Thursday, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from Under the Stairs and I am signing off.